So we're starting a new series on work. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. I'll pray, and then we'll get into the start of our series. So I'm going to read from Genesis. We're going to start right in the beginning as we talk about work. And uh, Genesis 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It goes on and says in verse 26, And God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Chapter 2 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished doing the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Let me pray. Father, I pray that uh, even as we start this series and go through the series of the next few weeks looking at work, that uh, you would encourage us and stir us in this uh, area of our lives that we so often find ourselves discouraged in. Um, I pray, Lord, that you would even just give us a new vision, a new uh, insight into, into this area of our lives, new faith, new energy, new zeal. Um, that would come by your spirit as you work in us and through us for your glory in Jesus' name. Well, I've had an unhealthy kind of view of work for, for much of my life. Uh, when I was in varsity, I always used to joke with everyone that, you know, people, I was doing biology and a lot of guys wanted to go study and study like medical research and things like that. And uh, I always used to joke and say my dream job was to be a house husband. What, uh, what I didn't realize is how demeaning that was to so many people. Um, and uh, so I don't mean it tonight to be demeaning to anyone who does uh, stay at home and do the incredibly difficult and meaningful work of managing a home and family and kids. But, but that was like my idea. I was like, I want to be a house husband. I mean, this is the dream. My wife can go and work. She can go and bring in the bacon. I'll go do the shopping. That sounded like fun. Um, it also sounded like fun. I was like, I like cooking, so that's great. I can do that as well. And then I will watch Netflix. I was, there wasn't Netflix around there, but DSTV or whatever it was. Um, but I had this really unhealthy view of, of work. But then I finished fasting and I landed what at the time was my dream job. I was asked to 
become a youth pastor at the church that I was at. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, maybe I'm not going to be a house husband. I wasn't married yet. So I need to do some work in the meantime. And uh, so I then started working at the church. And I remember my first day of work. I don't know what it was like for you guys, but my first day of work was a nightmare. I arrived at work and everyone was in a meeting except for me. Um, And so they were just like, there's your desk, just set up and do the job. I was like, cool, so I get there, bring out my Bible, because I'm like a youth pastor. That was like the only thing I brought. And I put it on the desk, and I move the phone, and like, now I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what do I do? You know, should I read my Bible? Do, must I go make a cup of coffee? And literally, people were in a meeting for like three hours, and I just sat there and like potted around, went to the loo way too many times to look like I was busy or, or something, opened my Bible, read a passage, finished, someone was looking, oh yes, let me take notes quickly, feel like I was doing something. Uh, but work, I don't know what, what you've been like in your career and uh, in, your, in your working space, but work is a challenge. It's a challenge to to find meaning, it's a challenge to, to do well, sometimes it's a challenge even just to feel like you're doing the right thing, um, like uh, it was for me when I started work, wondering what it is that I'm actually doing, and no one was actually telling me what to do, um, but work is such an important part of our lives, um, I don't know uh, what your kind of working hours are like, but if I had to look at my working week, and I look at how much I work during the day, um, and I took away my sleep time, you realize you work more than 50% of your day. And if you took, took away like eating times and travel times and sleep times, you realize a vast majority of your time is spent during work. Work is a big deal. But so often we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it here at church. We don't talk about uh, um, you know, what work means to us when it comes to spirituality and things like that. Often we, we glorify um, coming to church and things like that, and we forget to look at this very, very important part of our lives, work. Um, and, and I know some people are in varsity and some people are in school, so I'm including what we do at school and at varsity um, as work, the work that we're doing in our lives at that time. Um, And so work is important, and we want to learn how to engage in the subject and engage uh, with God on the subject. We want to learn how to bring God to work. If, if that's uh, the, the right way of putting it. We don't want to like, just leave God on the doorstep of church on Sunday, and then we get on and we do the working week and do everything that, that it is that we do, and then forget about you know, God for, for the week, come back, and uh, uh, Sunday we put on like a Sunday uniform. I know we're not a Sunday uniform church, and apparently not a wine-drinking church. Don't know what that means, but... Um, <laughs> some people on wine drinking, I think some people are. Um, anyway, so we, we don't want to just leave God here on the Sunday on the doorsteps when we go out and then do the rest of our lives. We want to think about um, God in this very important part of our lives. Um, now, I know a lot of people have a negative view of work, um, we often use work as like a derogatory term in some things. You know, you think about work, you're like, oh, 
It's Monday. Ever heard anyone say that? It's Friday, you know, like work has ended. It's like, woo, Friday. You know, like we're going, going into the weekend. Like Monday is like, oh, no. And, and I mean, then we even say things like if you've got a bad vehicle, oh, yeah, I've got a Monday car, you know, because no one was ready for work. It's just a bad uh, vehicle. We, we can think of work so in, in such a negative sense. And why? Because I, I think work is hard. Um, that's why it's work, not play. Um, work is tiring. There's politics at work. Who hates work politics? Um, sometimes we can feel like it's just pointless. Like, why am I doing this? Like, why is my boss making me do this? Um, you know, sometimes we can feel like we're exploited. Like, I'm being made to do so much stuff. Look at the person next to me. They're not doing any. I'm being paid less than them. Uh, you know, like, you can work. We can have these negative feelings about work. For some we may have positive feelings about work. Um, feelings like you find a lot of purpose uh, at work. You really enjoy what you do. Um, for, for some people, I, I know this is true of some, work is an escape. You know, you're thinking, I'm leaving the chaos of home, and uh, you get in your car and you, like, go to work. I know some dads are like this. Sorry, Lisa, if I've been like this. You come home later from work because it's going to be chaos when I get home. Is this? What's going on? We have sound demons today. You know, sometimes you hate work, but then you go and leave, and uh, you realize how bored you are, and so you want to go back to work, because work gives us a something to do. It gives us a little bit of, of purpose. Uh, also, there's just the reality that it gives us status. You rise through the ranks or, or get a more important Do have an issue. That's fine. Anyway, when it does go off, can you still hear me? Okay, so I'll just carry on. If it carries on going on and off for too long, I'll I'll just uh, put the mark mark down so I don't get irritated with myself. But. I, so, I, you know, sometimes we find status from work. Sometimes we just enjoy the competition. Um, uh, I know a lot of people who are sales people just love the, the energy, the competition that comes from, from sales. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we can have this up and down view of work where, where sometimes it's really negative, sometimes it's really positive. Um, there's a song by Dolly Parton called 9 to 5. You're going back. How many people in this room know? Um, but it goes like this, working 9 to 5, what a way to make a living, barely getting by, it's all taking and no giving. They just use your mind or your, your, your physical body, your, your energy, and they never give you credits. It's enough to, get, to drive you crazy if you let it. And I was thinking, I think that's like 
I mean, that was written in 1980. It's probably the anthem of some of my generation, just like, man, nine to five, worst thing in the world. Um, and, and then also, you know, in classic uh, Snow White fashion, how does that, that song go? Ha ho, ha ho. Uh, on our way home we go. But uh, it goes like this. We dig, 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 dig forever, you know. Uh, only t- till night. Um, we dig up, dig, 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 dig up everything in sight. We dig up diamonds by the... Yo, I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> that is bad. I normally have good handwriting. A thousand rubies, sometimes more, but we don't know what we dig them up for. We dig, 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 dig. Um, and I think sometimes that's how we, we think about work. We think about it as like, ah, oh, you know, this like meaningless task, like we're working for the man, for the system, for this, this thing. We're giving him all our energy. We find work being purposeless. Uh, um, or uh, in classic Beatles style, it's a hard day's night. The pain of work. Um, yo, I really can't read my handwriting today. But it's made up for us by the fact that I can come home to you. I, I, I think like there is the reality that for some of us, work is a means to an end. Um, and so we enjoy working because we get to come home to provide for our families. Uh, we don't mind if it's meaningless as long as we get paid enough. Um, and, and as long as we can live the life that we want. Work is painful, it is hard, it is boring, it is meaningless, but I get paid and I get to provide for my family and come home uh, to that. Work is a means to an end. Um, and there, there is the reality of that. Uh, Paul says, he says, you know, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. There's this idea that work is a means to an end. It is the, the way in which we provide, we, you know, we get provision so that we can live. It's through uh, work, it's through effort. Uh, um, you know, back in the day as uh, everything was agrarian, if you didn't go out and sow seed and water and do the weeds and all the kind of like farming stuff, you wouldn't have food. And now we just in a different kind of age, you know, if we don't go to work, we don't uh, have provision. But what, what I want to start on with this series is to look at work as vocation, to try and help us think a little bit differently about work. Um, vocation is calling. Uh, um, when someone talks about vocation, what they mean is is a calling to something. So, you know, they will say something like the ministry is a vocation. You know, being a doctor is a vocation. It's it's like a calling. And we, we look at some areas and we think about work as vo- vocation. You know, like people are called into specific things. Um, but what I I hope to do as we look at Genesis 1 uh, is to think about all of work as calling, all of work as something of vocation, that you and I um, may be specifically called to do some things, but we've all called to do work, Um, and, and that work is meaningful for that reason. So in Genesis 1 verse 2, it starts off, 
uh, as, as we read, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that word, formless and empty, is a, the Hebrew word, tohu vabohu, uh, to like quite simple words, tohu vabohu. And uh, those Hebrew words capture this idea of formless and empty or formlessness and void or confusion and emptiness or chaos and barrenness. It's this idea of something being completely barren, empty, void, nothingness, but at the same time, chaos and disorder and confusion and emptiness. And what we get right at the beginning of the Bible, what we get is this picture that God by His Spirit is, is hovering over this place of confusion and emptiness, this place of formlessness and voidness, this place of chaosness and barrenness. God is present um, and, and brooding over this area. And then what we see in the rest of chapter one is God begins a working week. The first six days of creation is God's working week. We know this because it says, uh, as we read in ch chapter two, on the seventh day, God rested from the work that he did. So God begins his working week taking confusion and emptiness, taking chaos and disorder, barrenness, taking this idea of formlessness and void. God starts in that and through work begins to bring about something that is beautiful and ordered and meaningful. That's wrapped up in the idea of creation is that God is a worker. And what God does is He brings emptiness, He brings barrenness, He brings chaosness, He brings confusion, He brings formlessness and voidness, and He brings it into order and beauty and fruitfulness. And that what we get on from that is that what God then does is he gives us creation in one sense to go and do the same. Um, what theologians uh, often call uh, the, the cultural mandates, the, the cultural mandate which is uh, applicable to every person is the cultural mandate of when God says to them, he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. There's a sense of what God's saying, now you go and be fruitful, go and turn the barrenness, go and turn the emptiness, go and turn the voidness into something. Go and turn the chaos, rule, bring about governance, bring about order, bring about fruitfulness and order. As you go and read Genesis 2, in Genesis 2 you get a little bit of a more personal account of creation where God breathes upon man the breath of life and then he, he, he tells man that part of his job is to work the garden, is to bring this idea of fruitfulness and order to the garden. What you read in Genesis 2 is often 
I think we, we get this really wrong. When we think about Eden, uh, the Garden of Eden, we think about a garden that was perfectly given to Adam and Eve. You know, like, you know, you're walking, you're like, oh, look at those trees. They're perfectly in line, and the flowers are blooming, and there's orchids in the branches, and, you know, the perfect bird. Like, it's the Garden of Eden. It's amazing. But what you actually see when you read Genesis chapter 2 is that it's not like that. Adam is called to bring order and fruitfulness to a place that is waiting for the abundance to come. That part of our job created in the image of God is to go and take what God is like. God is a God who broods over confusion and emptiness, who broods over chaos and barrenness. God is a God who is present in the places that seem disordered and broken, and he brings about fruitfulness, beauty, order to those places. And that we, as people created in the image of God, are called to go and do the same. That the first command given to man is a command to work it is a command to go and do something and that something is to be fruitful and multiply and there's this idea that is wrapped up in this fruitfulness and multiplying, this idea of growth and flourishing, is that the idea of work is not just to bring beauty and order to our own lives, but to bring beauty and order in a communal sense, that while we may feel like a personal call to work, our work is meant to not just bring flourishing to our own lives, but to bring human flourishing, to bring a place of flourishing, for people's work to bring communal flourishing. This idea that, Adam, your job, Eve, your job is to go and about and bring a flourishing to everywhere. That the call uh, to work is a call to bring chaos and barrenness, confusion and emptiness, formlessness and void. The call is to take that and bring about beauty and order and human flourishing. There's a, a verse uh, in Jeremiah. I always love this This verse, Jeremiah 29 verse 4, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have and have sons and daughters find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters increase in number there do not decrease it's like the very first cultural mandate command in Genesis 1 it's like it's being reiterated also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers you too will prosper there's this call which is actually a crazy call by Jeremiah they've just had their city smashed 
The Babylonians have destroyed their, their cities. They've walked into J Jerusalem and smashed it. They've been taken as captives to, to Babylon. And, and Jeremiah says to them, hey, you know what? I know things aren't looking great, but that, don't let that stop you from doing the very thing you've been called to do right at the beginning. Be fruitful, multiply, bring order. And what, what's amazing here is that even in a hostile place, what he's saying is that your work that is done for the good of the community will in turn come back to you. If you seek the prosperity of the city, you too will prosper. If the city prospers, you prosper. If the community prospers, you prosper. Don't like get so discouraged. Get on with the job. Get on doing the cultural mandate. Keep working. Keep working. Keep seeking order and beauty and human flourishing. Because as we do that, for the spaces in which we live, we too will prosper work is to bring fruitfulness to bring prosperity and uh, without trying to be a prosperity kind of church the work is to bring fruitfulness to bring prosperity to bring order to bring beauty to bring human flourishing can I just give us three points as we think about that? The first is that work is a calling. It's a calling, not just a necessity. It's a calling. Now, I think we can get confused by this, and we can be like, well, what do you mean, Jamie? Do you mean like I have to have this divine sense of, of calling uh, to the job that I'm doing? That's not what I mean. Uh, I don't mean that. I think, you know, I think one of the discredits that coming from a charismatic church that we've done is that we kind of sometimes have this view that unless we have such a very specific calling from God, like what are we doing with our lives? Um, but the reality is, is as you read the scriptures, um, if you read the whole of the Old Testament, which encompasses hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who are followers of God, what you realize is only about 50 people across the scriptures were called to specific things. Only 50. It's like 0.00%. But everyone was called. Everyone was called to do this to be fruitful and multiply to see their lives and their work as something that is a calling even in the most generic sense that as I go to work I am doing something of God's calling for my life have I heard God say Jamie you must be this kind of person maybe I have maybe you've never heard that but that doesn't take away from the fact that every time we go and do work we are doing something of what we have been called to do as people created in the image of God we go and do what God has been doing through all of time doing work doing working out something of our vocation which is to bring fruitfulness beauty order human flourishing but it's not just a personal calling it's a divine calling um, 
you know, it's we work for God. There's a, a verse in Romans where it says, whether eating or drinking, whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. Um, one of the things that sparked the 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 just the the growth and the um, in some sense, the success of the Protestant Reformation was understanding that work, that everything we do, we do it for God. That when we go and we do simple jobs or when we go and do difficult jobs, whether we're doing something so significant that everyone knows about it or whether we're doing something that seems so menial that no one knows about it, whether we've got a job that we like to tell everyone about it or whether we're a job that we feel a little embarrassed telling people what we do, all what we do, we do it for God. That work isn't just a personal calling. I feel called to do work. It's a calling that comes from God, that God is calling us to do work and that we do it for Him and we do it for His glory. Um, and, and I love that because that means we can't just leave God at the door on a Sunday. We can't just uh, leave God here and uh, get on and do whatever we want for the rest of of the week actually when we go to work and everywhere else but when we go to work we are going and doing something that God has called us to do he's called us to work and work we do for the glory of God Work is not just a a calling, and it's not just a calling from God, but it's a calling to something specific. It's a calling to, as I've said so often, to bring order and beauty, to bring fruitfulness and human flourishing into society. You know, society is incredibly complex now, if you think about it. Like, uh, for us to go to work, um, probably depending on where you live, you know this probably a little bit more intimately than, uh, than maybe you did a few weeks ago. But you need roads. <laughs> we, uh, where I live, there's three bridges down. Now there's only one road, and so traffic is chaos. It takes me two hours to do a 15-minute loop uh, at the moment. Cause, but, you, you know, you realize for society to function well, you need roads, and then so you need engineers, and you need uh, construction workers and you need all of that just to build the roads never mind the infrastructure of water and electricity that's been damaged or or technology you know needing internet and and as you go through all of these things you you realize like how important uh, so many different jobs are for a flourishing and healthy society when lockdown happened two years ago I don't know how you guys felt but I I felt uh, two years ago when we went into our hard lockdown and I could go and uh, still get groceries, it was like a well of relief came upon me and gratitude for people who were tellers at stores. And I thought, how's these people? Everyone's scared of COVID and they're still coming to work. They're doing the job. They're helping society continue to go on. There's so many jobs that are needed across all different things for society to flourish, for society to be fruitful, for society society to be ordered our job is to play a part in the process of bringing about healthy ordered beautiful 
spaces in our society. Our society is complex. If you're an accountant, you know, what is your job? To bring order in places that are often chaotic. Um, I own a business. Uh, my brother and I own a business. And if there's one thing I appreciate is people who do bookkeeping and accounting. Like, thank the Lord for them. I still think their job's boring. But, you know, like they bring order and you can see. You're like, wow, this is amazing. You know, like I now have data that I just didn't have if they weren't doing the job. Or managers. Think about managers. So, you know, how often... Um, Think of HR issues and how difficult they are. But you know, as you're a manager, you're called to bring human flourishing in the spaces in which you are. Architects bring beauty and they bring order and they bring spaces that flourish. Entrepreneurs bring needs to society. Or we could go on different people playing different roles across all different spaces of society to bring beauty and order, to bring fruitfulness and human flourishing. When we wake up on a Monday, we're not going to torture. We are going to do our calling. We're going to do work. Work which is a vocation. Work which is something that God has called us to do. Um, and the reality is work is hard and often is discouraging. Um, I'm, I'm challenged by Paul who uh, in, in a passage in Timothy says this, and I, he's not condoning slavery here, but he's, uh, one of the things that he says, he says, slaves, even if your master is unjust, do the work for the glory of God. Like even if you are in a difficult, horrible, unjust system, do the work for the glory of God. Arrive at work thinking you are here today, maybe in a system that seems meaningless, in a workplace that seems discouraging, with a boss that is, feels like they literally are a demon, but you have arrived there with a divine calling, and that divine calling is to bring order and beauty, to bring fruitfulness and human flourishing into the space in which you work. Work, this huge part of our lives, is not just a chore. It's not this horrible thing that, you know, we all need to be rescued out of. It's not just this thing that we do hoping that one day we can have a big enough passive income or one day that we're going to retire and just live our best lives on the beach and finally be freed from the shackles of this horrible thing called work. It is God's way of bringing His beauty and order into our chaotic world. Every day we wake up we wake up with a sense of God's call. It may not be specific to you. It may be generic, but it's still God's call to you. It's a call to go and work. And in that call, to bring beauty and order, to bring fruitfulness and human flourishing. Can I pray?
Can I ask us to stand quickly? I I don't know where where we're all at right now, but I want to pray for us, and I want to pray specifically for for some of us who maybe feel immensely discouraged at work. Um, I I want I want to pray that uh, God God will come and minister to you, uh, that He will stir faith in you, um, both that things at work can change. But even that you can change and the, and the role in which you play can be a meaningful one. So while our eyes are closed, maybe if that is you, you can raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. If you do really feel discouraged, I really want to pray for you and then I'll pray for all of us. If you feel like work is just an immensely hard place at the moment and you're trying to find any sense of meaning or purpose, um, then I want to pray for you or maybe you just need a job and you're like I'm just feeling discouraged because I just don't have work to go to um, I want to pray for for you as well so for those people Lord who have raised their hands you know who they are Lord I pray for them I pray both for those who need a job that uh, that you you would provide Lord that uh, you would open doors in their lives that uh, uh, the right opportunities would come their way we ask you for that Lord we just ask you for divine intervention intervention from you to to open the doors to to work uh, to a job to to paying work Lord in in Jesus name and I pray also for those that raise their hand because that you would give them peace uh, about their job, you would give them a new sense of meaning for the job, um, that you, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, would reiterate your calling upon them to work, that uh, even as they wake up tomorrow, I pray, Lord, that they would wake up with a new purpose uh, to go to work, a new uh, vision of the workplace, a, a new sense of, of your hand uh, upon their lives as, as they go and do the work, Lord. And I pray for all of us. I thank you for every single person in this room and the different roles that we play across society, uh, for, for the different roles we pl- play in bringing beauty and, and order and bringing fruitfulness, prosperity, um, uh, and human flourishing to society. I pray, Lord, that you would, you would give us just a real sense of, of purpose, a renewed faith for our jobs, uh, a renewed faith to do those things, to bring that about uh, in, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray even for those that are struggling right now because they've got bosses or workplaces that are doing the opposite, that are doing the opposite. Instead of bringing beauty, they are destroying. Instead of uh, bringing order, they're creating chaos. And instead of bringing human flourishing, they are oppressing. I pray, Lord, where some of us are stuck in systems and work like that, I pray, Lord, that you, you would help us to find ways to bring change and order and uh, 
to to bring your kingdom your ways your meaning of work into those spaces lord i pray lord that you'd give us the strength and the courage to walk against the current uh, to be people of hope in places of darkness in jesus name i pray thank you lord may we have a good work week uh by your holy spirit in jesus name we pray amen thank you all thank you for coming tonight please remember it is our COVID report on wednesday uh six o'clock come and join us as as we talk about the church god bless have a good week